Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we're doing this series, Living for the Future Now, Basically, wanting to focus, yeah, find out a little bit of information about what Jesus says about what's coming, but also what you do with that information. That's why Matthew 24 and 25 is very important, because Matthew 24 and 25 just don't tell you about what's coming in the future. They tell you how to live now. And so we've looked over the last few weeks at some very interesting things. We've looked at how the terrible things that are happening right now, Jesus very clearly says in the beginning of Matthew 24 that these are just the beginning. This is pointing to what's coming. And then it talks about right now, you're not in the midst of what's coming, that what right now, as a believer, these are the things that are normal. That's This is the current situation. So now we get to verse 15, and he's going to talk about something that's coming in the future, at some future date. And you need to be aware of it. And then following that whatever is coming is when Jesus comes back. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the future reality. Now you're saying, okay, George, wonderful. Why? Well, because I think for a lot of us we're confused. As believers, you hear a lot of things. You may be paying attention to the news and so forth. And you can get if you pay attention to the news, you can get really freaked out. Because everybody, have you noticed, nobody, it's not news of encouraging things. If you want that, you go to the Hallmark Channel. It's actually news of the possible things that could happen. So, for instance, I'm not going to diminish whether or not climate change is real. That's really not the issue. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to bring about the end of the world. How do you know that, George? Because of what God's word says, and if you're a believer, you'll understand what the end of the world is. The end of the world is not in anybody's hands. The end of the world is only in the hands of God. You need to understand that. And then you see the terrible things and the shift happening in the culture, and life isn't the way it is. We must be at the end. Well, that may be true, and it may not be true. But again... What the culture does, or what government does, or what somebody does, that really has no bearing on the end. The only one who has a bearing on the end is Jesus. Do you understand? And so Jesus gives us a picture of the future reality. Now, having said that, I need to tell you that when we look at verses 15 through 31, Jesus is not going to provide a lot of details. You can find details in other places. In fact, he's going to mention one of those places here today. There's another place that we can look at, and that's the book of Revelation that will provide you details. We can talk about that a little bit later as well. But rather, Jesus' focus in chapter 24 and 25 is that you are aware that something is coming, and because that something is coming, that should have bearing on how you live your life right now. Because there is going to be an end to everything. And you don't know when that is. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at these verses verse 15 to 31 in Matthew. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation 
spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on a housetop not go down to take anything out of the house. Let him who is in a field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. And then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. That if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See that you, see I have told you before, therefore I say to you, look, he is in a desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes in the west, so also will the Son of Man be. And wherever carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the power of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. All right, so folks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide what Jesus is saying here really into three sections. We're going to talk about its coming. You need to understand that what we're about to describe is coming. We're not living in it right now, but it's coming. Number two, we're going to see that it's a time of horror. That's what he's going to be describing here. Jesus' focus isn't necessarily on details, but to describe to you the horror of it. And then we're going to conclude with what he says about his coming, the second coming. So let's talk about it now, first of all. It's coming. Very first thing he starts off with, look at verse 15. He says this. Verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which is spoken of in Daniel, your first thought would be, okay, George, what is that? Well, Daniel talks about, if you go to Daniel chapter 9, okay, and actually I would tell you if you're going to read Daniel, just don't read the first couple of chapters, the first five chapters with all the stories about Daniel, but get into his prophecy, particular Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12. And in particular, Daniel chapter 9, he talks about the 70th week. The 70th week, which is that final seven years of tribulation that will come upon the world. And one of the things that takes place in that time is something called the abomination of desolation. Now, what is that? Well, here's my first point, okay? The temple worship 
will be disrupted by the Antichrist. That's what he's talking about here. You understand that when you get to Daniel chapter 9. The temple worship, the worship in the temple will be disrupted. Now, as soon as I say that, some of you are going to be like, okay, but there's no temple, George. First of all, you're saying, maybe saying, what temple? The Jewish temple. My point exactly. There's no temple. What's standing there is a mosque on the temple mount. Yeah, right now there's no temple. But in the future, there will be. Yeah, George, sure. It was torn down in A.D. 70. We're in 2019. There hasn't been a temple there in almost 2,000 years. And you're telling me there's one coming in the future? I don't think so. Really? They're wanting to build a temple there, folks. And at some point in the future, that's going to happen. And when that happens, at some point in the future, the sacrifices will begin once again in the temple. Why? Because the temple is the center of Jewish religious life. They've not had their center in their life for 2,000 years. You know they want it back. And when they start their worship, at some point in the future, Jesus is saying, it's going to be stopped. The abomination of desolation, which Daniel talks about, will happen. Because the Antichrist will stop the Jewish sacrifices. He'll commit that abomination. Here's the second thing you're going to see there that Jesus tells you to do. You are encouraged to read the book of Daniel. I would encourage you to do that. Listen, don't listen to what George tells you do, but don't just listen to what George tells you. Your best bet is to study it yourself. And you can study it and read it and understand it. And one of the things that you're going to understand when you read the book of Daniel is you really need to pay attention to what he's saying. Why? Because when you get to Daniel chapter 10 and 11, Daniel makes a lot of predictions about what's going on in the world of his day that was happening in the future. And what you're going to see is, is that a lot of things that Daniel predicted would take place actually came true actually happened. So much so that some liberal scholars will say today that the Daniel was written afterwards because there's no way that he could have said that those things were going to take place. And so Daniel makes all of these predictions and one of the predictions that he makes is concerning this whole issue of the temple happening and also of the Antichrist and of this period of time that we know as the tribulation. Here's one thing. Can I tell you when the tribulation will start? Daniel tells you. Daniel tells us that the tribulation, that seven years of God judging the world, will happen when the Antichrist establishes a peace treaty with Israel that brings peace to Jerusalem. Now, isn't that interesting? When you listen to the news these days, what does everybody want in Jerusalem, folks? Peace. Everybody, the Russians, the Chinese, the Americans, everybody wants to bring about what, folks? The Great Peace Treaty. Makes sense. Confirms what the Bible says. And one day when that takes place, the tribulation will start. That's seven years. So here's what I want you to see. First of all, it's coming. 
It's coming. So what about it? Well, it's a time of horror. That's what we see in verses 16 through 28. I just want to make four points here about this time of horror. This is what Jesus is focused on. He's not so much focused on the particulars of what happens with this. If you want to know the particulars of what takes place in the tribulation, you go to Revelation chapter 5 through chapter 18. That'll give you the particulars of what takes place in those seven years. But here's what Jesus wants you to understand about this that's coming. He wants you to understand that it is a time of horror. Four points I want to make here. First of all, it will be a period marked by great suffering. It'll be a period marked by great suffering. What do you mean, George? Well, he says that when you see this take place, when you see the temple worship being disrupted, wherever you are, run. You don't have time, Jesus is saying. You don't even have time to go back in and get your valuables. You don't have time to even go back in and get your clothes. Hightail it out of there. Go hide yourself because something terrible is going to happen. Run. Get out of there. It's going to be a time marked by great suffering. Terrible things are going to happen. And so Jesus is just simply saying to you folks, listen, it will be a period marked by great suffering. Here's the other thing. The world will have never seen anything like this before. This time period of seven years is going to be so terrible and the things that are going to take place, natural disasters, wars, God's judgment being poured out, is going to be so terrible. The writer says, Jesus says, that from the beginning of creation up until the end of the world, there will never be a time like it ever before. We will have never seen anything like what will take place in those seven years. Never. It's going to be so horrible. So horrible. And the whole world is going to experience it. The whole world is going to experience it. You need to understand that. Here's the third thing I want you to see. The duration will only be for a short period of time. Jesus makes it very clear that the timing of this is only going to be a short period of time. And we know from Scripture, from Daniel, and from Revelation that it's only going to be seven years. And it can only be seven years because he said it will be so terrible, even the elect, those who are believers during that time, can't endure what's going to happen. It's only going to be for a short period of time. Short period of time. And then finally, it will be dominated by false Christs and false teachers. Again, there we go. Remember, he's been warning about that, warning us all along about that about false teachers and false Christ. But he's saying false Christ. That is, people showing up and saying that they're Jesus or that they're the Messiah and they're able to do things through the power of Satan that seems spectacular. But Jesus said, don't pay attention to any of that. Don't pay attention because it's not me. When I come back, you'll know it's me. You'll know it. And it's interesting, even today you'll read about somebody in Africa or somebody in Asia or somebody in South America, even sometimes here, even in the United States, where somebody will say they're the Messiah, they're Jesus. Don't pay attention to them. It's interesting, through the years now, watch those people die. 
And guess what? They didn't rise from the dead either. They're false. They're false. That's what this time period is going to be. That's what this time period. It's terrible. And this is what the world is going to be facing. So let me ask you a question. And I'm asking myself this question as well. We know it's coming. Some of you have been in church a long time, and what I'm talking to you about right now, you've heard it before through the years. You've heard message after message telling you that this time of terribleness, this great tribulation is coming and that the world is going to go through it and that people who don't know Jesus are going to be judged during this time. But the question for me is, does that motivate you right now, George? Does that break your heart for your loved ones and for your friends, for your neighbors, for people you meet who don't know Jesus? Who have no opportunity to hear Jesus? Or do you just think they're going to be okay? I have, a, I have a tendency, folks, in my life to think they're just going to be okay. I kind of assume that we all think they're going to be okay, right? But the fact of the matter is, is they're not. There is a time of trouble that is coming beyond anything that the world has seen. And then right after that, the end. What do you mean the end? Well, look at what Jesus says. Look again, verse 29. Look at what he says. He's referring to his second coming. He says, verse 29, And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming with, on the clouds of the heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound, with a great, with a great sound of trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. All right, so what's going on here? Well, two things I want you to see. The reality is, is Jesus is coming back. The end will happen. And that will definitely be the end. Two things here. At the end of this horror, the Son of Man will come. Son of Man is just another title for Jesus. When he comes and he has judged the world through this period of tribulation, he will come and he will set all things right. There will be the end of all things. Nobody's going to win that battle except Jesus. If you want to know specifically what's going to happen, you just need to go to Revelation chapter 19. He's coming. He's going to set things right. Now what is amazing to me is what Jesus focuses on here. He's not giving you the details of his coming. You get that in another book of the Bible. But rather he's focusing on the response. Now you and I would think, wow, Jesus is coming back. Won't that be exciting? Wouldn't you be excited if Jesus came back? Yeah, I hope you would be. But the Bible tells us right here, Matthew tells us the words of Jesus, 
that not everybody's going to be excited. Really? Jesus, loving Jesus is coming back? Not everybody's going to be excited? No. Not at all. In fact, here's the point I want you to see. There will be two different responses at his coming. Two different responses. Of course, for believers, we're going to be gathered. We're going to be excited because our Lord has come back. He's going to set all things right. There'll be no more pain, no more suffering. We'll be excited. But did you notice what Jesus said? When the sign of the Son of Man is in the heaven and he comes, what will the world do? They're not going to celebrate, folks. They're going to mourn. Mourn. They're not going to be excited about Jesus coming back. Because all of a sudden now comes the judgment. Do you know what I mean? I think we do know what we mean. We just maybe haven't thought about it. Like, you know what? I can remember as a kid, all right? You know, so I was a typical teenage boy, which meant I was getting myself in trouble. Now, I'm sure some of you were perfect and you never got in trouble with your parents here. Am I right? But I did, okay? And, and typically what would happen is, especially if I brought home a report from school and my mom got the report, I wasn't too worried about when I got bigger. When I got 16, I got big, okay? Not like this, thinner, but taller, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, definitely not like this, okay? So, but my mom at that point realized that she couldn't just put me over her knee anymore. So here's what she would say. Wait for your daddy to get home. Wait for your daddy. How many of you have ever heard that? Wait for your daddy. Now, that's not a good thing to hear, right? And you know, I knew when my dad got off, when he was done at his office there on the base, on the fort where we lived, because my dad was in the military. And I also knew how the truck sounded that he drove in when it drove up. I, I would listen for the truck. And so as I'm there, I would look at the clock, and the hour would tick down towards 6 o'clock, and I know, okay, dad's coming home soon. You know the anxiety that I'm feeling, right? You have felt it. Then you hear the car pulling in or the truck pulling in. And you hear that muffler going the way it went. And you're like, oh, he's here. Then you hear the front door open and close. Then you hear mom say, Ray, I need to talk to you. Then you hear the footsteps coming up the stairs. And the door opened. There was mourning through that whole process. Right? Why? Because you had to give an account. Folks, the world's going to mourn. Because the party's over. The freedom to do whatever you want and rebel against God will be over. Do you understand? And they're not going to be excited. Jesus is making that very clear. There are going to be two responses. There are going to be the excitement of the believer. Oh my goodness, Jesus is here. But for everybody else who rebelled against him, who didn't believe, who didn't want that, 
their mind will open up to the reality of who he is and they'll mourn. They'll mourn. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. So why, why does he share that with us? Well, I, I think he shares that with us because what happens after this verse, starting in verse 32 through verse 35, he's going to start giving us a series of teaching about how you and I as believers should be living our lives in light of the fact that it's coming. Do you understand? In light of the fact of the horror that's coming in the period of the tribulation. In light of the fact that one day Jesus is going to come back. So that means right now for you and I who call Jesus our Savior, you and I who are saved, you and I who call him Lord, we need to make a decision about how we're going to live our lives right now. He's got something for us to do right now. And that's what we're going to focus on the rest of this two chapters. But in the meantime, we got to ponder what he's saying here. And so I've got two questions I want you to think through. And I don't want you to answer them now. I want you to ponder them and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through them, okay? Here's what I want you to see. First question is this. How real is the second coming of Jesus Christ to you? How real is it? Is it just a fact that you know? Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I've been taught that all my life. Yeah, I went to that prophecy conference. Yeah, George, you're talking about it right now, and I'm remembering. But other than that, it really doesn't affect your life from here on out, knowing the reality is that one day Jesus is going to come back. Actually, I came to a conclusion. Here's the conclusion you need to understand and grasp, okay? Jesus said he was coming. Nobody knows when that is. And so one day you... He's going to come. That needs to affect the way you live your life. But you say, you know, George, it's been 2,000 years. Yeah, I understand that. But you're still going to meet Jesus at some point. Either at his coming or one day you're going to die. And you don't know when that is. That's just reality. The fact of the matter is, at some point that you don't know, you're going to meet Jesus. Are you ready for that? How real is that to you? That's really what the issue is. You've got to ask yourself that question. And I'm going to be honest with you, folks. If you really let that grasp a hold of you, I know for a fact, if I did, some things are going to change in my life. And I know some things will change in your life, too. Here's the second one. Does this future reality affect your life now? Does it affect your life now? If you understand what's coming, what the world is facing with the tribulation of the judgment of God upon them, what the world is going to face when the judge finally comes, when Jesus finally comes, and that's the end of it, is that changing your life right now? And it's going to change your life in several different ways. Number one, it's going to change your life in how you're living your life. Number two, it's going to change your life in the concern that you have for others who don't know Jesus and whether or not you want to share it with them. It actually puts in perspective what you're living for right now, what's most important to you. Remember, I already told you, we already saw that one day Jesus said it's all going to burn up. Is it really that important what you're striving for? This is the reality of all that Jesus is trying to get to here. Is it affecting your life right now? I'm hoping that it will be. I'm hoping that it is. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.